Hi. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in to episode two of the Far From Eden podcast. Guys, I'm so excited. We're on episode two. And if you are returning, welcome back. If this is your first time, I do hope you find it enlightening enough to give episode one a shot. As you already know, I'll be getting into some gray areas with my guests. And today I have Maverick here to walk us through the journey of attaining freedom through becoming vulnerable. Gosh, I know, <laughs> rather deep, right? But yeah, today's quote is to be vulnerable is to be free. And it's not only his life philosophy, but the vision and foundation of his lifestyle brand, Bear Bananas. Please do you find the social media handle for the brand page in the description or tagged on the Far From Eden podcast Instagram page. Once again, please remember to subscribe, follow, like, and interact with us as much as you can on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Instagram, and Facebook. Find all the handles in the comments and links on my social media pages. That said, let's get to this. I guarantee once again that you do want to listen till the end. Well, thank you so much for coming on Maverick and guys this is my friend we have been friends since um, Zimbabwe actually because we did debate together so I met him as my competitor <laughs> more than anything we were rivals at the time and I don't even remember how we started talking and we we almost went on a tour together I know that for sure but that probably probably yeah, has something that... to do with women <laughs> <laughs> I mean <laughs> I know the tour didn't pan out, but yeah. And um, after I moved to Van, he was in Vancouver initially. And then after I moved to Van, he basically texted me at the airport before I even landed. So the first text I received when I landed in Vancouver was from Maverick. And we've just been friends ever since. He gave me my intro to my social life here and then left me. But that's all cool. <laughs> so hey, I, would it just, it is. I would just let him tell you a bit about where he's at now. And yeah, just a basic intro. Yeah, hello guys. Uh, my name is Maverick, and uh, for those that don't know me, I'm, I'm I'm a simple person, simple but complicated, like all of us. I think some of us maybe. I am a creative person. That means I'm very, absolutely, proudly chaotic. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm also the founder of a brand, uh, up and coming brand in Amsterdam called Bear Bananas. And the rest, you're just going to have to listen to get to know more about me. Yeah. Well, I, I will attach the, the links and bios to his Instagram pages and websites and so on um, within the, the video at some point. But anyway, to get into it. So today, um, Maverick's quote is to be vulnerable is to be free. I mean, if I'm paraphrasing it correctly. And I yeah. know when I saw it, I was just like, yeah. It's, it's very loaded and first of all I think we'd just like to know how you got to it like what what was the thinking process behind choosing it as either your um, life philosophy or like what, what was the turning point for you where you decided that this is it I mean ultimately um, yeah life life deals you an interesting hand and I think life is full of paradoxes if I can say that so um, like you said, I bailed out on you in Canada, but that wasn't necessarily um, an option that I had because during my years in Canada, I grew very depressed, very unhappy. And I'm ne- I've never been a person to be super proud 
or to not be able to admit my failures. I know when I need help and I know when things are not going right. And I knew I was not going to get the support I needed in Canada. So I had to go back home. Um, and going back home, I got even more depressed because, you know, having African parents, you just don't understand each other. There's an entire generational age gap. Plus being the first born is you bear the brunt of all, excuse my French, the bullshit from the parents. Yeah. And that was me. They just, did not particularly understand how I functioned, what I wanted out of my life, who I wanted to be. I mean, I had a conversation with my mom, no smoke. And I told her I wanted to be a millionaire and she asked me why. And at that point I was like, I'm not really going to talk to you about these matters anymore. Because <laughs> if you just don't understand this particular issue, it's just not going to make sense. But um, to be vulnerable, to be free, basically for me, it became my life philosophy. It's also like the, the tagline of um, the brand that I started um bear bananas because it was like i realized that in canada i became a version of myself that was not my true self um i had to keep up appearances with you know the fuck boys and the bad boys and the cool kids um you know the you know who's in in, in school and in society but that's not who i entirely was you know i i'm what people may may people call it a sympathy this you know, I'm, I'm the kind of person that falls hard for a woman. And like, if I really like you, I like you. And like, you're my fucking queen. I want to treat you right. I want to put you on a fucking pedestal. Not necessarily on a pedestal, but like, I, I want you to know that you're valued, that you're loved, that you're appreciated. I don't want to be toxic. I don't want to be fighting. I don't. Uh -huh. That's the kind of person I am. But then I realized that, you know, with Canada, I was particularly in the social circle where I was trapped. I was trapped between keeping up appearances. I was trapped between lying about who I really was. And I wasn't vulnerable. Therefore, I wasn't yeah. free. But um, when I came to Amsterdam, I told myself I was going to do things um, over. I told myself I was going to be different. Also, um, in Vancouver, I had a lot of Zimbabweans around me. And being Zimbabwean as well, and you have people from back home, and they, 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 they grow up with a certain version of you. Uh -huh. and that certain version they had of me is the certain version I had to live up to if you know what I mean so after a while you're trapped because you, you can't be yourself there's a certain but like in Amsterdam that was not the case I was alone it was uh -huh. just me no Zimbos anywhere in sight completely different environment a fresh new start and I was like I can actually get to be the person that I want to be uh -huh. and I just did all the goofy things I wanted to be. I started going to different clubs. I started hanging out in different spots. I started talking to different people. And I was able to find myself. And with this, like the group of friends that I have here, they never judged me. They never, they just took me as I was. If I was like, yeah, I want to listen to Alec Machesso or something. Yeah. They'll be like, yeah, let's, let's play that stuff. I don't know what it is, <laughs> but you know, I like the guitar. It sounds dope. You know uh -huh, what I mean? Uh -huh, uh -huh. But people from back home, if I say, let's play Alec Machesso to some people from back home, it's it's like if yeah. it's like mm, okay yeah. maybe when the girls are not here we can play Alec Machesso but then when the bras get here we might have to switch it up to some ama piano some tech, you know some some yeah. Afro beats or something slightly cooler or modern but like my dad is super traditional I'm also like my dad I'm super traditional yeah. I'm, I'm like yeah. a spitting image of my dad but 2.0 okay. um so yeah I realized vulnerability was really like the key to freedom because. My best example of vulnerability is if you think of Eminem in like, uh, is it Seven Mile? I don't remember the name of the movie. Uh -huh. But Eminem gets on stage, he holds the mic and they're having a disc contest. 
And this dude is like ready to just say me name. And he's like, yeah, before you go, just let me say a few words. Then he makes a whole entire rap dissing himself. Everything about his mom, about his dad leaving, about uh-huh. him growing up, about how, you know. And he completely put that all out there. Like, he was super vulnerable about it. Then yeah. he was like, yeah, no, go ahead. Have your turn. And the other guy couldn't really say Nothing anything. To say. Because, like, yeah, like, you can't, you can't put someone down after they've been vulnerable because you're like, okay, like, I, I can't hurt you because, like, you put this out yourself. So, like, yeah, what now? You know? So I kind of learned yeah. from that as well. And I was like, to be vulnerable truly is to be free. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I, I find a lot of, elements of what you're saying really interesting because but the the most I think is like what's coming to mind is the idea of having to leave like certain I don't know narratives or certain aspects of your life in order to be able to gain that vulnerability and I know like it's it's, it proves true for for me for sure because I did it earlier so I left um home earlier as you know so I, I I I was 17 I think when I left so by the time that I did finish high school and start university and moved over here with other people from our country, um, I had no identity whatsoever because no one knew mm-hmm. me. So it was, it was, it was, it kind of gave me that freedom to start afresh from a like from a fresh page where no no one has any idea who this person is because you missed out on those last two years where your narrative is actually constructed, right? And then mm-hmm. that brings me to the, it's something I never even realized that like you need to shake people off for a long time because it just, it just kind of happened in an organic sense for me, right? But mm-hmm. in, in, from your perspective, and I think this can help a lot of people, how hard does that, like that part, because it's not like you just wake up and you start notice, you notice these things and tomorrow you're out of it. Right? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of um, even like negative narratives that come from the people that you're leaving as well that you would yeah. have to navigate as well as even from you from your mind because especially if you have let's say your your personal philosophy in life is loyalty there's a sense of betrayal that comes from having to leave that right and and all the other variations of feelings so i just want to know from your perspective like what really drove you to the point where you're like like i, I get it from the sense of your mental health was being but what was really your breaking point for you where you were like this I can take any narrative that comes with it or betray whatever philosophies I have to get this vulnerable part of myself out because this has to come out. I mean, ultimately, um, amongst being creative and a chaotic person, I've always been an entrepreneur at heart. I will die this way. I was born for business. I will die for business. I am an entrepreneur through and through since I've been a kid. I am a big like I dream super huge and I have a big mouth so if you're around <laughs> I know I'm going to tell you, you but my dreams you know <laughs> it's just it, it, it's it's the virtue of what what comes with me that's the total package of me uh-huh. is I dream big and I'm super vocal about it because I mean I believe I can actually achieve these things it might take me some time but I genuinely believe I can achieve these things. So in Canada, I was surrounded by people that I remember in the house that I lived in, there were only two guys that fully supported my vision and my dream. Mm-hmm. Um, one was my cousin and I'm not going to name any, 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 I'm not going to like name names or anything. And the other one was like a friend who well, wasn't even like super close to anything, but like he just, he saw it and he was like, no dude, like go, go for, for it. it, like actually go for it. 
And everybody else was just like skeptical, like, dude, why do you want to do that? You know, like they were pushing me back and pulling me back. And for me, it's like, I, I also like at that point in my life, I used to listen to a lot of like, um, you know, the self, self-help type of content and uh, the stuff uh, that tells you about, you know, friends and people in your circles. And, you know, if people are not for you, they are yeah. against you type, type um, um, yeah. material. So that was the turning point for me is like when I was like, I'm not in a supportive environment and I have these big dreams. So my dad always said, if something is not going to help you in your future, my son, leave it behind. It's not worth uh-huh. it. And it got to that point for me where it was like being in this environment is killing me. It's not good for me. It's not good for my uh, mental health. It's not good for my dreams. It's like you're a candle trying to shine and there are 10 people trying to blow you out. And you have to keep on putting more strength to shine. But if you're in an environment where you're a candle and there are people making sure they're covering you so that you shine brighter, obviously i don't have to tell you which one is a better environment to be in yeah, um, yeah so i think for me that was like the turning point but like i want to touch on the loyalty aspect that you talked about for me loyalty a lot of people um what i've realized with growing up is we focus so much on the outside and on the external yeah. and in life you need to be loyal to yourself before you're loyal to anybody else because if you're loyal to other people before you're loyal to yourself at some point you're going to betray them anyway it's like if you cannot love yourself, no one can love you. If you do not respect yourself, people will not respect you. So I had to be loyal to me. I had to look at where I want to go. Because in, in, in 10 years 20, 10, 20 years, 20 years time, none of this shit will matter. What will matter is what decision you made for yourself, where you yeah. are with your life and your goals. Because we all have different expectations of ourselves. We all have different dreams. We all have different places we want to be. But 20 years from now, you can't look back and say, well, X and X kept me from achieving my dream. The truth is you kept you from achieving your dream. Uh And you're only going to be pissed. You're going to be pissed at X and X because you can't be angry at yourself. But ultimately, that anger boils down from you being angry at yourself and not being able to express it to yourself. And I don't want to regret anything in my life because I'd rather have gone for it and lost friends because you can always make new friends. I have to say that. You can lose friends. You can always make new friends your vibe will attract your tribe and you can you know it's it, yeah i think that's 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 what it boils down to pretty much uh-huh. yeah like i <laughs> um i i find a lot of what you're saying relatable because one we have that in common like the the business entrepreneurship aspect and actually i was having a recent conversation with my with my brother and i think it was about a week ago and i was just talking about how like sometimes for me personally there are days where I actually wish I wasn't so different. Like there, there are days mm-hmm. where it's because it's, it's not fun every day. I know typically people look at you and like have this immense amount of respect for you or whatever it is because you have a vision, you have a goal. But there's honestly days when you're sitting by yourself and you realize that, yeah, I'm going to be by myself now and I'm going to be by myself tomorrow. And for the foreseeable future, because I have this thing that like that, I, I have almost like dedicated my life to like you're saying and you've tried the friendship thing you've tried even the relationship thing or you've tried the whatever other dynamics that come with it the partnerships as well <laughs> the business mm-hmm. partnerships and they just don't seem to gel because you know um mm-hmm. so that, that's 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 a little bit of what I want to get into with you that 
like on on days like that when it's, when the glory is not there when the motivational books are not working because it's there, there are days when it's it's you know what they're saying is true but the reality of living it is ultimately different like it's very different Definitely. and it's yeah and it's also it comes with a sense of like you say you say when you're loyal to yourself as well it comes with a sense of almost you feel like you're betraying the dream that you have because you have that feeling so you almost don't even want that feeling but you need to shake it off uh, but anyway <laughs> that's something i mm-hmm. wanted to get into with you more that like gray area that the motivation is there and you know it's there and you know you're trying to be authentically who you are but how do you deal with those days when being different is just like not it's just not it it's not glorious it doesn't taste great you know food doesn't taste great you just want to be out drinking as well with everyone else but it's just not where you know you should be i mean as of late i don't really feel that as much as i used to like i used to have yeah. massive fomo like the fear of missing out but the truth is like I don't really enjoy going to the club as much as I used to. I don't really enjoy just going out to do random things and meet random people because I've learned about protecting your energy. Because every time I go out, because I've just taken life as a journey to learn and more to learn about myself and how I function. And I realize I'm a very sensitive person. That means I'm sensitive yeah. to people's energies. Like I can read energy in a room in the split of a second. I can yeah. tell if someone likes me just by a conversation. Or yeah. whether I like someone, just by their vibe. Like, they don't have to say too much. Just the way they move, the way they talk. Just, it's like something inside them kind of speaks to me. And if our energy is repelled, it's like, hey, I think I might want to leave from here. But also, I've just realized, like, I, I tend to have, because I'm always on a natural high just for myself. Um, sometimes, I'm not going to lie, of course, everybody has got bad days. Like, sometimes I have episodes of, like, bad weeks even, mm-hmm. where I'm down and I don't really feel like doing anything. But I accept it for what it is. I don't feel like I'm betraying the vision or I'm betraying um, my dream because I've realized something in life is I'm a firm believer in God and like I am not religious but I do believe that there's a God so I am spiritual is what I like to call it and I feel like everything uh, in China we say basically translated that everything has its time and no matter what you do, if you're meant to be a millionaire at 80, somehow, somewhere, somehow, you'll be a millionaire at 80. If you're meant to be a millionaire at 20 or 25 or 30 or 40, no matter what, how, how much work you will do, no, like you won't meet the right person that's going to make the deal go through. You won't have the right experiences that's going to make the deal go through. Because at first I was a young and a hungry kid. I wanted to get to that million as quick as possible. But, you know, a friend recently told me as well, she was like, quick money builds ego. Slow money builds character. Character. And it it, it stuck with me because I realized, like, you know, if I really got a million at 19, my goodness me, I would wild out. But, like, the time it's taken me the things I've learned, I've also matured. I've also slowed down a whole lot. The things yeah. that were important to me four years ago, I, I could not care less about. Yes, I still want the Lamborghini. I'm never going to like, I not want the Lamborghini. <laughs> want it. But, yeah, you know, it, it is what it is. Yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh. But now the things that I would do with the Lambo, now and what I would have done with the Lambo, mm. then, are completely different. Yeah. So... 
I feel like in, on, on bad days, like how I deal with bad days to answer the question. Sometimes I really do have bad weeks and like bad episodes. First of all, I forgive myself. I remind myself that, yes, I may be different. Some may want to call me that, but I'm also human. Um, and, you know, we all go through bad days. And it's okay for me to not feel some type of way. And I try to find within my body to be like, okay, what's going on? Like, what is my body trying to communicate to me? Am I stressed? Yeah. Am I overworking myself? Am I anxious? Am I a little bit depressed? Is it, you know, that conversation I had with that girl that I really like right now that's got me yeah. feeling down? You know, like, what is it? Something happened in my dynamic that changed. Did the weather change? Did I stop taking my vitamins? Did I not eat correctly the past week? Am I about to get sick? Like, what exactly is going on? Then I take that time to myself because I also just need time to me where I'm not thinking, where I'm not working, where I'm not doing anything. When I just wake up for a week, whatever time I wake up, or I'm just sleeping the whole week and I eat where I eat. And, you know, I, I try to understand what's really going on inside me. And then I also understand that everything comes to, comes to an end. Um, uh -huh. No matter what it is, good or bad experiences, everything comes to an end everything is temporary yeah. um so i also accept that fact and i'm like okay cool i'm gonna go through this emotion i'm gonna go through it fully i'm not gonna try to run away from it i'm not gonna try to be like don't think these bad thoughts i'm like let them come let me be sad let me go yeah. through it instead of running away from it and then when i get through it i get through it stronger and better um yeah you know yoga helps meditation helps um i don't usually do yoga on my bad days to be fair because then i don't really feel like doing anything but like yeah Closer to the end of my episodes, I do meditate a lot and drink a lot of water. I, you know, take a shower uh -huh. and eat. Cooking good food as well. It does, it does help just to balance me out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And like, do you, do you find that, um, and I, I, this, might, this might sound obvious to some people, but you, you spoke about one, the energy thing, where you walk into a room and you instantly sort of know who likes you and who doesn't or you who you want to vibe with and you're like you're really good at that and I know because that's the type of person who like out of nowhere um hits you up like out of absolutely nowhere just hit you and it's almost like you feel it like on days that I'm thinking about you is a day that yeah. I'll receive a voice note of you saying some way one shit and I have no <laughs> idea where it comes from um but <laughs> With that, do you think, is it a skill that you, because I've had a couple of conversations about this where you almost know it, you can't explain it. And yeah, but is it a skill that you think you built largely based on um, having felt like you're being forced into a certain narrative of yourself or a certain box before? Um, or is it a skill that you built just spending time by yourself and studying people? Like, how do you think you came, you came to that? And how does it translate into everything else, be it your business life, your like relationship life, your friends, yeah. I think ultimately it's, I'm, I'm a big believer in getting to know yourself. Huh. I feel like if you know who you are and what you want in this life, it, it makes things a whole lot easier, but I can't, I can't call it necessarily a skill. It's just, it's like sixth sense, it's like intuition. I can't explain it. That's why I always like turn me back to God. I feel like I'm a very blessed human being if I look at my life, to be honest. Um, I don't mean to brag or anything, but I, I genuinely feel like yeah. God has blessed me in multiple ways that I cannot begin to describe. And I, I, I'm not shy about it. Like people are like, oh yeah, Bible basher. Call me what you want to call me. 
But God has blessed my life, and that is simply it. Like, I feel like he talks to me in that way. It's like, yo, dude, like, okay, maybe don't go in that direction because it's not going to end well for you. Maybe Uh try that out because it might work well for you. Maybe you want to chill a little bit on this guy or this person. But I think also um, a little bit about my history, like in my past, um, in my my high school days, I was betrayed a lot by both... um, like my 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 ex girlfriends, I had quite a lot of number of ex girlfriends that cheated on me. I had friends that dated my exes that were really close to me. I had friends that lied to me and had different loyalties that weren't me. Um, yeah. I always came. I was always like the second class citizen. Um, I remember when I went to primary school for the first time. Um, I came from a government school. I'd been at a government school for four years, and I could not really speak English that well. Yeah. And, you know, I get to this new school. It's a private school. There are all these kids that play cricket and rugby and all these fancy sports that I know absolutely fuck all about. And, you know, they're speaking English and, you know, they just have a command of the language. Yeah. And I'm yeah. there like, <laughs> Saucy. like, yo, <laughs> I mean, now I, I can talk the language, sweet. But like at that point, I was just like, I am so confused right now. Like, what is going yeah. on here? So I always had to like prove myself that I'm worth something, which is something that I've been talking to with my therapist as well. Um, and that was always, the, that was also the situation when I was back in Arare and, you know, like um, we were Falcon boys. So we were never really in the city and I always wanted to be accepted by the cool guys. So I would do the most to get them to accept me. But like after a while, I just realized I was not them. I was not raised the way they, that, that, that they were raised. Their parents were different, totally different to my parents. They had totally different values. We were totally different people. And I could never, seeking acceptance probably pushed them further away because I was being inauthentic and I was trying to be something I was not. Okay. So I think within those experiences in some way, I learned to accept myself a bit. I still struggle with you know people pleasing and stuff like that. I still genuinely... Um, if I'm unconscious about it, I will unconsciously want to please people because for my whole life, I've always had to compensate for yeah. something or the other. Um, and yeah, I think after a while, it's just you start to sort of feel who's with you, who's against you. And uh-huh. it just develops in a way and it continues to. And the more you exercise it, you know, the more it develops. Uh-huh. So, yeah. And I think with spending time with yourself as well, you kind of then know you're on your own sort of frequency and you can feel it you're like okay this is my frequency and this is how it's going it's like boom yeah. boom 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 and then you can meet some other people who are either on a super higher frequency than you and that can yeah. be good or bad or you can meet some people on a lower frequency than you mm-hmm. for me people on a lower frequency than me i i avoid at all costs because then they drain you terribly and mm-hmm. um what a friend once told me is like you know when you spend time with someone when you go back home and you're alone, notice how you feel. Wow. Do you feel energized? Do you feel neutral? Do you feel drained? If you feel drained, then you know that person was sucking your energy. Yeah. If you feel energized, then you know you can spend more time with that person. If you feel neutral, then it's also still calm. Yeah, yeah. Gosh. So <laughs> you came back with a really loaded answer for me there. And um, (laughs) it took me back because I was, and I think I may have had this conversation with you previously. I don't talk to a lot of people about it, but I was bullied in primary Mm -hmm. school, particularly. And um, 
the 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 harder part for me i think was navigating the fact that i'd i'd gone to an old girl school so i moved to a mixed school so it's it's also the same around the same time you're 11 and 12 years old around the same time that you actually start developing feelings towards the opposite mm-hmm. sex right so not feelings but you know you know what i mean like the you said you're about something. to hit yeah, yeah yeah so you're now curious you're looking at them and i was like i was i was bullied for a very brief like period it was a year but it was a very intense year so mm-hmm. <laughs> it was and it was um me being bullied for aspects that up to now are very defining for me so the the aspects that about me that haven't changed pretty much it's mm-hmm. like the the even the leadership qualities or my big eyes obviously stuff like that's not going to change but it's it's just kids at that age were very merciless like a lot of them now I'm friends with in one way or the other or I'm cool with a lot of my bullies are people that I speak to one way or the other which is interesting because you kind of evolve it wasn't a forced yeah. oh, like I forgive you thing it just the relationship evolved however mm-hmm. um I think time uh, there uh, occasionally there are reminders of that and when i say reminders of that i mean um having like a full awareness of yourself and uh, taking a lot of time to know yourself like you're saying but also hints of mistrust in 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 yourself as well that pop up and i think it, it it's it it was very relatable for me when you when you did say that you still have those feelings sometimes where it's like <laughs> like something kicks yeah. in and you're yeah like you 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 you've worked on it and you fully work on it but those feelings of doubt still like creep up so that mm-hmm. like that's that's one aspect of what you're exploring that i found interesting and then i just wanted to get into how that now translates like your mentality and so on now translates into what you're implementing so your your business life um specifically of which you I've, i've looked at your website time and time again i even sent it to my younger brother for inspiration because he's um he's doing something similar and yeah. you you have created your your aesthetic is uh, absolutely beautiful like i could have and i i'm, I'm one of those people that i know when when you were talking about it even when you were in canada i'm one of those people who always say go for it like go for the business that it died you shared your vision with me a few times but i could have never seen it the way i'm seeing it now and like kudos to you for that but yeah <laughs> what i wanted to go into is how like your mentality and your building translates and you you did say before that if you had made the million dollars at 19 you wouldn't have, you you definitely wouldn't have been able to handle it the way that you can handle it now so how yeah. for you has the growth translated naturally into like your energy to implement stuff or um your vision in general like the growth of your vision and the things that you actually want to um see it grow into or the faith even in yourself as a person like how much of that comes from actually waking up to do stuff less than thinking about it and learning to trust yourself and so on if you get what i mean yeah i mean it's 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 very important to to plan it's very important to think to brainstorm but after a while i had been thinking and brainstorming for about 5 years and i sat down and i asked myself the question i was like okay dude where are we going to go with all this planning and brainstorming planning and brainstorming does not build a business planning and brainstorming does not leave a legacy planning and brainstorming it's good it's essential yeah but what's the most important thing you need to do 
And with anyone with a dream, anybody that's listening to this that wants to go for something, it could be as simple as starting a new diet. It could be as simple as starting to go to the gym, starting to do yoga. It could be as crazy as building a lifestyle brand that you want to change the world, which is my dream, which is what I'm doing right now um, with my partner, Nicholas. And when I started Bear Bananas, to be fair, I've got like, I think, five brands that I've planned besides Bear Bananas, but I didn't launch them because I got to Bear Bananas and like, look, I don't want anything that's perfect. I want something that's real, something that's raw, because as an artist, yeah. I'm like inspired by people. And I was like, I want something that's real, raw, authentic, something that I don't have to crack my head over 10 billion times to start. The most important thing for me with Bear Bananas was starting. And I was like, I don't care if the start is crappy. I don't care if it's not the final. It's definitely not the final thing. Like, thank you for seeing the aesthetic and everything. But like, this is us working with minimum budget. Like, this is not where we want to be. Like, this is not even like, this is not even where we want it to, to be or to people to see it. This is just yeah. the beginning, you yeah. know? So I was like, the most important thing is starting. Because even if you don't know what you're doing, which we didn't, like I had so many questions. How do we handle taxes? How are we going to do accounting? How are we going to maneuver this Dutch industry? I'm not Dutch. I know nobody that's Dutch, but I'm yeah. in Holland, which means I need to find a way to go through this. And these are questions that you slowly start to unravel and figure out. And the thing starts to, it's almost like the brand starts to speak to you in certain ways. It wasn't always a lifestyle uh, brand. It started yeah. as a clothing brand. And then we realized we had a really important message to share to people. Yeah. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. And you know, from the message, we grew into like asking ourselves, what's, what's the most important thing that we're trying to do here? Are we trying to sell clothes and just be another clothing brand? And I was like, no, we're actually really trying to sell the message. Yes, we're trying to sell clothes because clothes are the tangible thing that we can give to people to represent the movement. But we're trying to start a movement. We're trying to start a collective of individuals. And how do we go about that? And, you know, those are questions that we still try to figure out as we start and we keep on going. And we always knew, like, you know, we wanted to do something with mental health. So, yeah. sorry, you need to remind me exactly what your question was again, because I have <laughs> this thing. I, I did history in high school. You had to speak yeah. a whole lot of stuff before you got to the conclusion. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, basically, what I was asking is, like, how, how do you find that the, that your, like, your experiences start to connect with the, like entrepreneurship and like does one translate into the other or the opposite is is it more like you standing up to do work just translating into the other aspects of your life like the the quote-unquote um what's, what's the word I'm looking for here the imposter syndrome that was previously there is it now being like filled up by the entrepreneurship or is it more the the mental health things that you had to deal with are the ones that are feeding into that or is it like interdependent do you do you find that one like doing stuff has helped hmm. i think everything ultimately is, is interdependent like if i talk about mental health the biggest myth out there is like oh if you work out you'll be fine oh yeah. just go for a walk and into the park you'll be fine i was home i woke up at 5 a.m every day i worked out crying i was not fine yeah. so yeah. like in that regard, there are some things that are just by themselves and you have to really deal with them because you can't run away. Yeah. You can try to run away. You can, I smoked like 
almost every day as well. I was high every day, but not because I was like tearing up life. It was because I was genuinely not yeah. trying to think of some stuff. Yeah. And ultimately, all those experiences have shaped me. They've made me who I am today. They've made me see the world the way I see the world today. Because I eventually quit smoking weed out of my own decision. I was like, you know what? Yeah. I'm trying to be this version of myself. I can't be this version if I'm smoking all the time because then I get like not productive. I need to be productive. I need to do shit. And like it all shapes you ultimately. There's, I don't believe there's any experience you go through that doesn't shape you. My best example is my experience with women. I've I've had ups and downs when it comes to women. I've I've been the perpetrator and I've been the victim. And mm. you know, I keep on changing through it because I I keep on realizing things. At one point I thought I was a fuck boy. I I embraced myself deep into that lifestyle. But that was me trying to hide my pain. And I know that now at an older age and I realized I didn't want to be vulnerable. I didn't want to be open. Yeah. I didn't actually want to put my heart out there because I'd been burned before and I could not trust anyone with my sacred heart. So instead, I'd mask this whole bad boy attitude. This so I'm going to go for everyone and, you know, I'm going to just do my own thing and you know, I'm going to fuck around and I'm going to play, et cetera, et cetera. And it's fine and everything. But after a while, it doesn't fulfill you anymore. Then you sit down and you're like, oh, okay. Yeah, what now? Shit. <laughs> yeah, what now? Yeah, all right, sweet. Yeah. Um, then yeah, then I started seeing a therapist and everything. Like I don't have all the answers, I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. But for sure, like seeing a therapist did help me. Cause then, you know, they know things and they know questions to ask you and make you mm-hmm. realize things that yeah, you start to see like the importance of it and how it applies yeah. to my business basically. Um, I think that's also a question you had. Um if I look at my without having gone through depression there would be no bare bananas Mm. i can boldly say that because with bare bananas the goal for me personally is to prevent depression as much as possible within the youth by making them live a certain lifestyle or make them realize that a certain lifestyle is more healthier than the current fake culture that we are embedded in take for instance instagram culture we all post our best sites on holiday when we go to the restaurant and we're eating fancy food. But no one posts when they're eating ramen, ramen noodles at home with a uh-huh. you know, jug of orange juice or mazoe or whatever it may be. When the because money is gone. Not... Yeah. No, no one posts the broke days. You know, it's, it's just, oh yeah, now we're in Dubai this week. And then, yeah, okay, yeah. maybe like four months later, we're like in the, the States or something. But like, that's what's fucking up our generation and that's pretty yeah. much what i wanted to help with the bananas. okay yeah and <laughs> i i like how you brought up the relationship aspect because i like i i have one of my friends who's going through something like interesting it's almost like a um like former you know the former having been a former fuckboy quote unquote or just not having been sure what he wants from life earlier on and then now, yeah. now understanding that I am ready to settle down and I kind of want the, the, the typical pick, white picket fence, um, wife and three kids thing, but almost like failing to navigate the, the line between, because you said you've been the perpetrator before and you've been the victim, right? Yeah. But <laughs> it's now what you dwell on because things are not going well for him relationship-wise. And in his mind, he's, he's made the decision that 
it's because of the people that he's hurt when he was the perpetrator. Right. <laughs> so that's an interesting one to navigate. And that's, I, I really want to know how you're navigating that as well, where you, you obviously have all this vulnerability now that you're really open to and whatnot, but it's still, it's, it's still a difficult thing because it's not like you just wake up and you're like, okay, I want to commit. And those fears just fly out the window. No, there's a lot of either guilt you have or um, other feelings you have. And just like, just walk me, walk me through that, if any. Or it's or it's a very different experience for you. I don't know. I mean, it's. I don't think it's his problem. If I'm gonna say that, or her problem, um, maybe yeah. it was a fuck boy, fuck girl face. I don't know. But I don't think it's 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 their problem. I think the problem ultimately is that our generation. Um, we grew up way too quickly, and mm. we all got hurt. That we all we got we got hurt at a very young age, that we all developed these walls we built up these walls we started playing these games yeah and that's how we relate to each other but not because any everyone's just trying to protect themselves yeah ultimately so now no one wants to be vulnerable with anybody because they've been burned for being vulnerable before and then that then also like translates to how we communicate with each other and it's just I kind of understand, to him, I, I, I understand him because I, I went through a situation where I could not trust women anymore because I'd been the guy they cheated with and I'd been the guy that they cheated on. You know? No, like, yeah, 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 I'd been on both sides of the coin. Yeah. So therefore, in my brain, if he told me some things that I knew a girl was cheating was telling a boyfriend I was with her and I hear the same thing back, I'm like, ah, what's going on here? <laughs> I've walked these waters before, you know. <laughs> I have been I'm not before. stranger to the bullshit. Yeah. It's me square. Okay. So I th- that's the problem as well, is then like, you know. The thing is I've started reading like a book about how the brain functions. Mm-hmm. And this book talks about how the brain dis- deletes, distorts, and like like the way you interpret things is so different. Even from this conversation right here, I'm yeah. going to remember certain things about this conversation that you probably will not from my yeah. own perspective and you will remember things from your own perspective. Yeah. So with that deletion, distortion and generalization, that's the third one. So it generalizes. So if you have one sort of like bad experience with say a light-skinned girl, you're going to start thinking all light-skinned that's girls it. are going to give you bad experience. <laughs> mm mm-hmm. So if someone says something that's slightly familiar to what someone said when they were cheating on you, in your head, your brain's like, clink, generalize, delete, distort. I remember, ah, she's cheating. And then sometimes these people are not really doing anything, but then you drive them away because of your own insecurity. Uh-huh. So I think for me, yeah, like I, I totally understand the, the, the point that he's at. But like for me, it's like, I tried to not to give up. Um, I'm not going to lie. I am very close to that point. Like there is one person that I am willing to get into a relationship right now. Absolutely. One person that I would consider getting into a relationship. <laughs> You're like, and I hope they never. <laughs> yeah. And I hope they never listen to this um, podcast because then they'll start to think they're all that. And that's, that's not it. It's just that. Oh, come on. Now, I need this you person, to share it on your page. <laughs> I'm definitely going to share it. I just hope that she's not going to like click on the yeah. art because that's a different story. But like with her, it was just how we talk, how we communicate is different. 
Mm. How we started the communication and the conversation, everything was different. And yeah, then she started playing games and I was just like, not this shit again. Yeah. But yeah, you know, it, it's like, it's tough because yeah. when you're not vulnerable and you want to put yourself out there and you want to feel those feelings you felt when you were 18, before you got played, before people started playing games and you've grown up and you kind of know how the world works and you, it, it's, it's not easy. But like, I think sometimes also a break is not a bad thing because that's what yeah. I want to do. If this does not work out for me and this girl, the truth is I'm going to take a break and I'm just not going to date. I don't want to be sexually involved with anyone. I just want to be me by myself and just yeah. work and just do me and focus yeah. on, on, on healing myself. Yeah. Because then hopefully I can attract somebody better. <laughs> I, I, I find the whole dynamic that you're describing, relationship-wise specifically, very interesting because you rightfully said we did it too early. I remember, I think I was 11 or 12 when my dad found my diary. <laughs> and to this day, so I don't write anything anywhere. Now I don't journal. I don't have a diary. I have nothing. <laughs> but this man found my diary when I was 11 or 12 years old. And it was one of those stupid ones where the lock is really not a lock. You know the ones that I'm talking yeah, about. That, like, that you're <laughs> And I remember the one thing, it wasn't even a really big thing. I think I wrote, I, I feel for some dude. I don't even remember his name at this point. I was, and it wasn't, I have feelings for him, but that's all my dad read it. And he threw a fit. Like I've never seen my, my dad that angry before. He's, he's one of those really like chill guys who's always a little like intimidating in a way, but never really yeah. pissed like he's never like super angry do you know what I mean yeah. but he was so angry <laughs> that, that that one time and what I remember from that that that, that episode has replayed and like played, played, played and played over in my mind because he didn't even say much he was just like what do you know about feelings at your age and over time we've had less and less conversations I think about emotions and love than I would like to and I think it's also partially my fault but I, what has um, played over and over in my mind from that time is the fact that it was way too early, but everyone was yeah. doing it, right? So yeah. you kind of fell into that trap. And before that, like I said, I transferred from an old girls school. Before meeting guys in person, I had no idea that's how, that's, that, that's how you would feel about someone that you see face to face. I had brothers, <laughs> but that was it. Like I had brothers and cousins yeah. all the time. So I grew up just around boys. So I had no idea that you could have those feelings that are not platonic and not like brotherly about the male species. And then it just hit me at once. Like, a, And then that was during the same yeah. time that one, I was flooded with hurt from being bullied. Two, um, you're starting to come up with the insecurities. So yeah, you like this boy, but he tells you you, you have big eyes. Right? So that's your first, that's actually your very first heartbreak. You don't put it in mind. You think your first heartbreak mm -hmm. is the first time someone said no to you. Um, or like broke up with you or whatever. But that is in genuinely your first heartbreak when the first person you like looks at you and says, oh, I don't, I don't like that thing about you. And then it just translates into everything else, right? And now we have a society mm -hmm. that's felt all these different things. And like you're saying, rightfully, is not able to communicate it. So the vulnerability is not there. Now, mm -hmm. when you now live by this quote that says to be vulnerable is to be free, my question now is like how free do you find yourself feeling in a society that doesn't see things the same way? Like how, like how do you navigate that? Because it's, it's very difficult Stop. to be that person who is a 
transparent communicator because the minute that you tell someone that you love them six months earlier than it should be you are a weirdo and you're you, you know <laughs> so it's, that's, it's that's very the part tough. i really want to get into with you as an how yeah and given that you also have these priorities i know we spoke we spoke briefly where you spoke about how you also want someone who knows how to navigate even your business self and you're like, I am a vulnerable self. Yes, I am a powerful self to most people, but you and I am like, I'm weak. Sometimes I need to be cradled, whatever it is. Like, how do you find yourself navigating that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, ultimately, I realized, like I said, everything has its time. Yeah. Um, I ultimately realized that whoever's meant for you will be for you. Yeah. And if you are a fake version of yourself, at some point, the real you is going to come out. And at that point, your person is going to ask you, you're not who I fell in love with. What's going on, Maverick? And you'll be like, uh, <laughs> but this is me, though. Yeah. Like, no, this is, this, is, this is not you. So yeah. in the end, you do yourself more like long-term damage because you've committed. Let's say you've committed to someone for a year, playing some game, pretending to be someone you're not. Then after a year, you start to show your true colors. And they're like, you're not what I signed up for. I'm out. Mm -hmm. Peace. Who's going to be more hurt? You or them? You. What's you? Because you put in so much work faking it. Oh. Exactly. So I realized, like, because that was, like, my kind of problem I had with this girl that I'm, I started talking to. Because I was, I was like, really pushing it. Like, I, I, I've, I've missed sort of, like, really kind of, like, chasing after somebody. But, like, I was chasing. That was my fault. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I once after, after high school, I was like, I had a philosophy. I didn't chase girls. If you like me, you like me. If I liked you, I liked you. If we didn't like each other, calm. If you mm. like me and I don't, if I like you and you don't like me, that's also okay. Not everybody's going to like me. I'm okay with being rejected. I've got no issues with that. Uh -huh. But then like with this girl, I was like, you know, I really need to make this work. So I was putting in overtime and I was over investing. But then at the same time, I wasn't being complete, completely honest with her. You know, like I was being partially vulnerable because like you said, I don't want to tell you I, I'm attracted to you and I like you too soon because in this generation that becomes a thing. If I tell you you're the uh -huh. kind of like the chick that I'm looking for, you're like, oh, I got him wrapped around my finger on to the next. He's boring now. Uh -huh. But I realized like ultimately it's your loss if I tell you I like you and you can't handle the love that I'm going to give. Because if, if you can't handle that I like you before you think it's time for me to tell you that I like you, uh -huh. bro. Wait until I start showering you with love because that's the kind of nigga I am. <laughs> you gotta run away. You can't handle it. Yeah. So it's yeah. good for me to know early that you yeah. can't handle it. You know? Then yeah. we know where we stand. Then you're not the person for me. I'm not the yeah. person for you. You because people like people love differently. And I hate to touch on this topic, but if you think of toxic relationships, if you think of people that women that get beaten in their relationships, it's because to them that's their version of love there there's no way in how let's say a girl that grew up with a father that beat their mother will accept love from a dude like me who wants to overshadow them with love they'll see it as a weakness they will not understand it they'll be confused they'll think something is wrong they will not like it just for them yeah. their brain won't read that this is love for them their brain will be like ah, this is something weird but then when they meet a toxic yeah. dude, that's gonna whip their ass they'll be like yes it's toxic, but somehow I'm really attracted to this guy. There's something about it. Yeah. But it's like because people haven't really gone down to deconstruct some of the bad 
habits that are mm-hmm. deeply rooted in them that they don't even know about. Some of the like unconscious thinking patterns that occur in your subconscious mind that you don't really realize. And my therapist told me this. She's like, yo, dude, like, listen, you can graft all you want for this shit. You might even get it at the end of the day. But she's going to at some point ask you, this is not the person I fell in love with if you do not show her your real self. And yeah. at the end of the day, if, she's, if she makes you work and do all these funny, crazy things, you have to prove yourself. How exhausting is that relationship going to be? Like, you're going to be it, proving yeah. yourself until kingdom come. You're going to have yeah. kids and still have to prove yourself. You're going to be working a job you don't like so that you can please her and you need to still prove yourself. Uh, and you know, you can't, and it, it's not worth it. It drains so much out of you. And we are here as humans for a very short temporary experience. So we should enjoy it as much as possible. So like being uh-huh. with somebody that you can be open and honest about, like, yo, babe, like I just saw this girl and she had a fat ass. And you know, and you laugh about it. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> yeah. cool. It's like, yeah, man, I saw this guy at the pool. He was checking me out. you know i get a bit jealous about that shit but i'm glad you told me and i know you know then you can communicate you can be like look yo like i don't feel comfortable knowing that you're talking to other men or other women and you can get better at it than if you just all pretend to be badasses and it's like oh yeah whatever yeah i'm not jealous but if you're jealous you're jealous and that it's 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 you know it'll help you to actually communicate about it and if that person takes you for keeps and doesn't take it seriously then leave them. They're not for you. They don't care about you. They care about themselves. Yeah. You're doing yourself a favor. And that's basically how I live with my philosophy. It's like, I'm, I'm still going to be vulnerable. That's why I can say all this on this podcast. Uh-huh. Knowing there's a chance that she could listen to this. She could not. There could be some of the girls that I'm slightly interested in as well, but I'm just not sure how it's going to go. And they could all listen to this because I'm not only like, it's not like I only talk to one woman. Like that's, that's bullshit. Everybody knows it. No one is ever talking to one person at a time. Well, maybe there are those that are there, but that's not I me. Am. <laughs> you know? But you get what I mean, though? Like, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. This is me. Take me as I am or leave it. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, who are we fooling? Yeah. I mean, you've, I think you've touched on a really good point where faking is absolutely exhausting. And I've, I've been in yeah. situations like that where it's like, you are because I'm an I'm an open book and I think since you've known me I would like I'll even tell you too much like I'll divulge too much and be like yeah okay (laughs) (laughs) I need to put the brakes on this one (laughs) I'm an absolutely open book so the the vulnerability aspect for me has always been I don't know, just like a natural thing, right? And which is why I, f- I found your topic very interesting when you brought it up, because I was like, the freedom that comes with it, the freedom that comes from me being able to tell Kuda the same thing that I can tell um, Nina, or the same thing that I can tell another Michelle or whatever it is, like just across the board, means that whenever you, you guys meet up, there's no, there's no need for me to worry about what Ningi and Ningi are gonna say that might mm-hmm. like, contrast with what Ningi is thinking. Do you know what I mean? Like I, I like that openness with it. And when you say stuff like, I, I saw someone I was attracted to today, it's fair because at the same time, I also think it helps you even develop your relationship because I like understanding yeah. what my person is attracted to in the sense that if ever I am slacking off or whatever it is, if that is highlighted to me, it's like, bam. And I know there's like borderline insecurity or whatever, whatever dynamic people, but sometimes you really do have to continue to improve yourself. 
<laughs> right? Yeah. And 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 sometimes it's it's worth knowing that your chase are evolving. Um, because we're not the same people every day. And that communication, that ability to just be vulnerable and say, oh, today I felt like this and I've never felt like this before. Um, mm -hmm. How do we work on that? And leave it up to me to see, oh, is, that a, is this a task I'm up to? Well, like you rightfully say, I have to walk out on. But the thing is, we, we do live in a generation where everyone's trying to like pump their chests and be yeah, the least so, yeah. caring. Yeah. I don't care. Me. I don't give a fuck. My yeah, who bitch. invested the My least in this boy, relationship? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I, I think, I, yeah, and I think that actually negatively translates into even our aspirations because, like, for me, business is closely related to my feelings. There's a there's a lot of things that I practice now, even like mm -hmm. um, trading wise, financially or business wise, that I learned from having conversations with either an ex or a friend. Who, who mm -hmm. said something to me about, I don't know whether I'm too, I'm too quick to make a judgment. And then that obviously mm -hmm. means, okay, slow down a little bit. Maybe you have a bit of anxiety. Yeah, da, 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 da. Do you know what I mean? So that ability to show like yourself fully, I think we're underestimating because it does translate into your business life or whether you end up becoming a millionaire. If you can't be vulnerable, even your customers, they, they know that you're not showing them the full picture of everything, whether you're whether you're in customer service or you're the CEO of something, you're in marketing or whatever, if you're not showing the full picture, people can feel it. And once they have your product, mm -hmm. they're going to return it because they they feel it. There's something different from what you're selling. So yeah, mm -hmm. <laughs> I find the whole dynamic of what you're saying interesting. What what I, what I want to know though is like how you're still brave enough to implement it, knowing the like the amount of like. The drawback yeah because it's it's it, it it is funny and you did say that like you even say that if the next one goes wrong you're kind of on a break and so so i want to know where your bravery comes from from to just saying if this doesn't work out <laughs> given the like checklist that i have then i'd rather be on a break than be with someone than be with someone off because a lot of times we are human beings and company does matter to us way more than we want to acknowledge um, so like how, like, where does that bravery come from? Like, I know you, you've spent a lot of time by yourself and you're probably very comfortable and more loyal to your well-being. but in the practical day to day, when there's some days when, or some Saturday nights, when you're drinking that wine and you're like, I'm actually alone. Like how, how do you work around that? Yeah. I mean, at first <clears throat> it wasn't always easy for me to be alone. Yeah. Um, but I started to get to know myself and I'm not, I'm not a bad guy, you know, like I can really spend a lot of time by myself and I, I'm, I'm fine. Um, so I, I don't really suffer from like this lonely loneliness thing because it's also like I've grown to become a bit of a simple but complicated person, like I said before, um, in that I'm an introvert, but I'm also an extrovert when it's time to be an extrovert. Yeah. But if the conversation is not worth my time or if I feel like, yeah, you want to talk about stupid things, small talk then i'm yeah I'm, I'm 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 equally lost to you so it's like i'd rather be by myself than go to a party where i'm going to be talking about what degree mm -hmm. am i studying the whole mm -hmm. fucking time because then it's just like okay like are we really just gonna have the same conversation that i've had millions millions and millions of times that's yeah. gonna end in nowhere besides swapping instagrams and never talking to each other again like please like generalization again my mind generalizes but it's mm -hmm. just like if you head down that path it's like no so I wouldn't say there's like bravery to be 
vulnerable. Like I know, I think it also comes like people are scared of not fitting in, number one. Mm-hmm. And people are scared of rejection, number two. Those two fears will cripple you and put you in a box if you're not careful and if you don't manage them well. Yeah. I used to fear rejection. I used to be like, okay, I need to do everything I can so that everybody can like me because I came from this government school and now I'm at this private school and what can I do so that I fit into these people? Then after that, I went to high school. I was like, right, I want to be a cool kid. What can I do to fit into these people? And then after that, I was like, I went to Canada and I was trying to be like, again, with the cool kids. I was like, what can I do to fit in with these people? And then after a while, I got sick and tired. Mm-hmm. Always having to fit fucking in. So I just got, it, it, it's really like pain driven. Like I, I just got sick and tired of mm. this shit. I got sick and tired of trying to fit in. And I just came to this point. I was like, look, yo, like I have listened to trap. I have listened to hip hop. I have listened I to Western culture. <laughs> Yeah, it's and it's like it, it, it's nice, it's fun, it's okay. I can listen uh-huh. to you from time to time, but if you come to my house on some random day, ninety percent of the time I'm going to probably be listening to something African. It yeah. might be Oliver Mtukudzi, it might be Alec Macheso, it might be Ama Piano, it might be Afro beats, but it's probably African originated and coming from Africa. So, like, this is who I am, and I can't. I can't run away from myself and I can't play myself. I can't, I can't like cheat myself and be yeah. like, okay, dude, you know, you're like this trapper, dude. I'm not a trapper. It's just not who I am. And if you're not okay with me not being a trapper, you're not my person. And that's totally okay, bro. Go hang with the trappers. I can hang by myself or I can hang with the people that want to hang with ever. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not afraid to be rejected. I'm not afraid of not fitting in anymore. So it's like if I walk in the street and people are looking at me funny, which happens a lot in Holland, by the way, because people here are very conserved. And I'm yeah. not a conservative person. So, you know, you go and you dress some type of way and people are like, what the fuck is you wearing, bro? Like, why is you looking so fancy for? Uh-huh. And it's like, I'm not trying to look fancy. But this is just how I, remember, I dress. Do you know, I remember this conversation, actually. We were on the bus one day. And you did say something about that in Vancouver. Because you, gosh, you were the one person who said this to me. And I remember it so well. And I think about it every day. Where you say, in Vancouver, looking like you do, you actually always have to dress up before you leave your house because you mm-hmm. could be associated with something that you're completely not so that's 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 something that keeps popping up in my mind as well like with you where it's like yeah there's this like aspect of I'm being 100% myself in order but where like when mm-hmm. does the environment start to like come in like when, when are the limits of that where you realize that oh shit like this has to stop or does it just not exist for you anymore because that was years ago that was when you were still here and like you said you were still caged by it right and yeah because yeah, I, I i remember that conversation really well i think you said you have to be more we had to change out of so because i i think i lived with you for a bit and we had to change out of sweatpants or something <laughs> that was your narrative but yeah it's 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 i mean racism is a thing and i have to say uh-huh. at some point that dictated a large part of my life I could not go into a store and ask for the price of something that a white man owned and walk out of that store without buying that thing if I had the money. Huh. I once bought a, a case for like 100 bucks USD in Arare that I didn't want. I did not want that laptop case. I thought it was absolutely flipping ugly. But because a white person was selling it and they told me it was $100, I was like, because I'm black, I feel like you don't think that I have the money. Because they give you this kind of look, that mm, $100 USD, and you're like, 
I'm gonna show you have your money. Mm, mm. Yeah, and you're like, I'm gonna prove to you that I've got the money, and I'm gonna buy this case even though I don't want it. So that was the same thing with like Vancouver and Canada. It's like, yo, if you if you dress super baggy and you look like a nigger, and you know, then it's just you you portray different. Mm-hmm. But then after all, it's also the same thing like in Arari as well. You can't just go out in Arari wearing stompies and something because people are going to make like a ruckus out of you. But yeah. then I started living so close to where everybody used to hang out that like if I wanted to get a pizza and I'm in my sweat and my sleeping t-shirt, bro, I am in the back. I'm like in my backyard, bro. Like yeah. if you've got an issue with that, that's a you problem. Yeah. <laughs> that's really a you problem. That's like me as well here. It's like, I don't always dress like, I don't always dress up like super, super, super fancy sometimes. Sometimes I just wear some shit and I go out. Uh-huh. And it's like, yeah, like if you see me and you look at me funny, like, yeah, the problem is not really with me. The problem is with you. I'm happy. I'm smiling. I'm probably going to forget you after this. Matter of fact, I'm probably never paying attention to you, actually. I don't care. Um, uh-huh. So like, it's a you problem. So I've developed in that way where it's like, now I don't like it's the people pleasing syndrome, you know, yeah. where you want to please people, you want to be the abiding citizen, and the environment it does it does have an effect on you. Like I won't lie, at first when I when I came to Holland, I didn't understand it because yeah. people would really like every time I really got dressed up, people were really like looking at me, and I was like, is there like a sign on my forehead that says I'm uh-huh. giving up free money or something? Like what's going on? I said, actually, I've never seen a black person before. But no, yeah, I've seen black people. There's black people here. Uh-huh. But, like, what is going on? It's like, okay, I know that I'm dressed fresh, but this is not even, like, that fresh, though. But, like, what's the issue? Then I realized uh-huh. people here are conservative. So once I knew they were conservative, when people look at me funny, I'm not like, oh, it's like something is going on. So like, y'all conservative, and I'm not being conservative. So y'all give me these looks to kind of, because people want you, it's like, we're human beings survive as a human species we had to fit into the tribe yeah and if something exactly. stuck out of the tribe they would find a way to pull it back exactly. so them looking at me in that way is that judgment that is supposed to make me feel like i should maybe tone it down and yeah. go back but now i'm like yo bro like yeah a different type i'm an african tribe gangway let's go yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and i think i think that almost like helps us wind up the topic because I, I did want to like circle back to that like nature versus nurturing yourself aspect where like you did you you rightfully say it as people and that's where xenophobia and things like that come from as well. It's we we have a dynamic that's that's known as um, cognitive dissonance where if mm. you're if 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 the reality doesn't match with what's going on in your in your brain you tend more likely to lean towards what your brain is saying than the reality, right? So it, it ends up, it causes a lot of clashes and so on because it takes a lot of energy to learn new stuff from. Um, and this affects everything from mating preferences, <laughs> like how mm-hmm. men should be presented in this society, how women should be presented and like Most how definitely. as a person in general. And, and, and that becomes a motivation for a lot of us. And I don't see, that's why I don't, like I don't shun like the lack of, um, what is it? Uh, vulnerability in this generation too much because it's almost uh, an understanding like a human like natural understanding of where we're at as a species um to like to where you should position yourself as a person and which is mm-hmm. like which is why I kept coming back to you even throughout the conversation like how do you balance like 
this environment with that and so on. And my final question, I guess, would be very like Zimbabwe focused because a lot of what you're saying does come from the Zimbabwean environment where there's a huge, and I think more and more of us are pointing this out, huge mob psychology, like massive, yeah. where our parents are saying the same thing that we are now starting to say. And if you, it's, it's almost like if people who are the cool kids in high school kind of got stuck there and <laughs> the, the rest of you just end up becoming like little aliens that just, I don't know, like move around and so on. And then it's also, a lot of us are also moving out of that place. So we come back and we're all strangers to each other. But there's still that thing where people only come back as a version of themselves and not the entire self. So, and that's your home, like at the end of the day, for that way, where it's like, um, that's your home. That's where you come from. Your parents are still your parents and like your hardcore friends, cousins and so on are still those people that have influenced your life greatly. So I guess my final question would be like in general, that like how much has that, like the Zimbabwean, thing defines you and how painful is it to try to like draw yourself out and like what are the what what do you think are the repercussions that have come with that even with your family dynamics and yeah I mean if I look back um at Zim I don't have many friends in Zim because yeah. that's the problem is a lot of us we coin the friend the, the term friend very easily but my mother at a very young age taught me that a lot of people are acquaintances and colleagues yeah. and everyone has their category to be in. Yeah. Your friends are very few. And she's like, yo, look at me. I am your mother. What friends have you ever seen in this cabin of mine? And I was like, shit, bro. I never seen your friends. She's like, yeah. yeah. I've got work colleagues. I've got church mates. I've got all these other people. But friends, eh, eh. My sister, yeah, my sisters are my friends. Yeah. That's family, that's different. And, you know, it was tough to, 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 to learn that as a kid because I went through all the phases, you know, like I, I went through being, trying to be popular. Then I hosted a bunch of parties and I really did get popular. Yeah, ah, every Friday. Every y'all had Saturday. a name, you know? <laughs> Yeah, we, had, we, I, we definitely had a day. I remember that, yeah. I never got to attend, but I remember. I lived in Hawaii, so. <laughs> yeah, un un unfortunately. Unfortunately. You missed out on some great, great fun. <laughs> <laughs> we hosted the best parties for a good, for a good while. But mm. that experience taught me a lot. Because during the time that we were at our peak and we were hosting all these parties, there was never a Thursday, a Friday, or a Saturday, or even a Sunday. That I would not have at least one person ask me what the plan is. I would always have somebody to hang out with, somebody yeah. else to hang out with me or yeah. something. Then I moved to Canada and my name became quiet in the street. And slowly but surely, they start dropping off. And I was like, shit, what happened to all these friends? And you know, there's some people that you would try to reach out to. But the moment you're on that plane to leave them, they don't care about you until you come back. Yeah. Yeah. And then I was like, if you're really my friend, if I'm trying to contact you, even if it's like, I don't expect you to hit me up every day, bro. Like, yeah. if I hit you up, at least reply my message. Even if you reply it after a week, even if you reply it next month, even if you, it's okay. But like, that's when I started to realize that some people are not my friends. It doesn't hurt me anymore. Like, I'm like, no, it's fine. Like, that's how you function 
But I'm not, you know, fool me one time, shame on you. Fool me twice, can put the blame on you. Fool me three times. Ah, we're definitely we're definitely cutting some people off. And I've never had issues cutting people off. And if I cut off the wrong person and there was a mistake, I also don't have so much pride that I am going to not go back. I'm like, no, look, I know we fell off some years ago, but yeah, like, you know, actually we had some good vibes and let's see if we can yeah. pick that up. And generally, like, that's something I'm an energy-based person as well. I feel like my energy will push people away that are not meant to be in my life. And um, going back to answering your question about Zim, um, unless you want to say something. I was just going to say that's a difficult one to come to because at first you, I think, well, like in my case, at first you kind of alienate yourself and say, what's wrong with me? Let's fix it rather than, oh, what's right with it that maybe I'm just attracting the wrong people. Yeah, but go on. <laughs> we could go yeah, on I about mean, this forever. <laughs> oh my God. I mean, ultimately, um, it becomes a situation for me where I'm like, I don't ask what's right or what's wrong. I ask, are we forcing things? I feel yeah. like I'm forcing it. It doesn't matter what the the only relationships I will force and try to push through are with my father, my mother, and my two little brothers. Anyone else can yeah. fuck off. I don't want to lie. It's it's clear cut and simple for me like that. Like whether you're a relative, whether you're I grew up with you my whole life, uh-huh. people change. And sometimes the closest people to you are the ones that deal with the hardest blows. So yeah. I'm not hesitant to cut people off. If I suspect some snaky behavior, I'm not that guy that keeps my enemies close. Why would you keep a, a snake in your backyard? When it bites you, who are you to, going to blame? Yeah. Yourself. yeah. So, yeah, like for me, like I just really learned, and I don't take anything to heart anymore. If someone stops talking to me, I'm not like, oh, gracias, gracias, I hate this person. Sorry, uh-huh. my phone just went into, uh, my battery right. was about to die. But yeah. You know, I'm not like grudges, grudges, oh, I hate this person. This person cut me off because there's something wrong with me. It's like, no, there's probably something not working in this relationship. It could be them, mm-hmm. it could be me. If I want to work on it and I extend a hand, you also have to do your, your, your part and extend your hand. That way we can fix it. But then if you don't want to extend a hand and I don't want to extend a hand, then probably it means that we're both tired of each other. So let's just let this thing go and let's not fight for it. There's no point. Yeah. Because we're fooling ourselves. Yeah, that's how I treat Zim because Zim, Zim is very toxic, like you say. Zim, I don't know about about Bloyer because I never been there. I don't know how the social dynamics work there. Uh, but I got it. Smaller, bro. Toxic. <laughs> uh-huh. And a lot of people are not your friend, but you have to get along with them because it's small circle. But I yeah. can't fake it. But that's the thing. I can't fake it. I'm, I'm just. I can't. I I literally cannot pretend to like you when I don't like you. Uh-huh. And that may be because of something you did to me 10 years ago that we didn't resolve. And maybe at some point, if we start to get around the social, and I, and I get to know a bit more about you, I will tell you, I'm like, yo, bro, look, man, I ain't gonna lie. I hated you. I did not, I did not, I did not vibe with you, but actually I'm glad I'm mistaken. Let's talk about it. And then we can pick it up. But like, if I also just feel like you're a bit of a shady character, I won't necessarily look for confrontation. I'm like, yo, you're a shady character. Uh-huh. I'll just keep my distance. And, you yeah. know, everyone will kind of get to, to understand where they are in life. Because the thing that matters most in your life, to be honest, is what my mother told me. Is, Listen, my son, you and your family are the things that matter the most. In my life, as your mother, you, uh-huh. as my children, and my husband are the only things that matter the most to me. Yes, I care about my parents, et cetera, et cetera. 
But like you are the you guys are the most important to me. And equally yeah. so to me, my children will be the most important things to me and maybe my wife, depending on how she decides to do it. <laughs> Like how you say it, maybe. <laughs> you know, it's, it's it's the truth. If if she behaves like a saint person, oh, no, okay, <laughs> but yeah, you know, I already love my kids. I know that, and I I don't even know their mother, but I love them. So obviously, oh, you know. Gosh. <laughs> but uh, yeah. I I do hope it works out that way. And yeah, I think like for for me, the key takeaway from all of this is, um. One, like the, the vulnerability defines one, your relationships with people. Um, two, like even your relationship with what you're bringing into the world, like your relationship with your purpose, um, your future dynamics that you're going to present. And even like, despite however the, the world is turning, which is a really big point for us, I think nowadays as well, because the minute I'm done here with you, there's something different on social media that's opposing it. So like keeping that, those like environmental um, triggers um, constant as well is a, is a really big thing I think that we have to look into. And just knowing that there's pride and vulnerability. Like I really, I really love this conversation because of that, because it's, yeah, it's, it's something we don't take too much pride in anymore. It's almost um, like we, I, I mentioned before, like who's the, who's the biggest loser? The more vulnerable you are, you're the biggest loser. I think the more, um, caged I am and the walls are I, I hear people even um, boasting of the walls they have up like oh when I'm in a relationship I have really high walls so people always have to break them and I'm like dear god the, 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 <laughs> yeah the problem is with that it's like it's, it's, it's a fake version of spring yeah because we all pretend to be super strong but actually we're not strong at all because to love is not easy to be vulnerable is not easy mm-hmm. um and back to like the thing, I just wanted to make a comment on what you said about like our generation where we're moving. Yeah. It's just, just because we're moving in a certain direction and we're going to the future does not mean it's a good future. If actually you look at the statistics, the world is burning. Um, yeah. There's pollution. We might not have an earth in 30 years. If we carry on at this rate. So it's not necessarily that we're going the right direction. In fact, I think we're going the wrong direction. Yeah, we're getting more and more disconnected as we're getting connected by social media, but there's the biggest chasm within man to man in today's world. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I like about Nicholas. Like he's like my best friend and business partner right now. And like he has a saying um, that I'm just going to leave you with. And he's like, information diet is as important as nutritional diet. What mm. you feed your mind is more is actually more important than what you put into your body because your mind works when you sleep your mind works 24 7 your stomach yeah just make sure that you have energy to walk around do things like that yeah yeah, it's very important who you follow what you follow what are you feeding your mind what what stimuluses are you getting like you know, if you have people, like, I, I had people that triggered me when I was depressed. I unfollowed everyone. And it yeah. was not personal. I had to take care of me. It's like, it's okay. I'll yeah. deal with the blowback later of you guys thinking I'm a fake person, of you guys thinking, yeah, I think I'm cooler than that. I'm trying to get more followers than I follow. I, I don't mind. You can say what you want okay. to say. People will talk mm-hmm. anyway. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, all around, that's a, that's a really great summary for the entire conversation. Like, the 
the inflammation diet thing is something I'm actually <laughs> going to take away. And yeah. I'm so glad that you did find a business partner that feeds into you as much as like you're feeding into him and so on. Like that's a, I know it was a long time coming and a very long journey to get to that, but yeah, overall, thank you so much for coming onto this podcast, Maverick. And thank you so much for being so open about it. Like you've said some very brave things that I do hope that people um, take away as lessons rather than yeah. as like a, a full attack, whatever that happens. Um, but yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for coming on and thank you so much for the conversation. It's been very people-centered and just understanding your energy, but the vulnerability thing has been so core to it. And I, it's something I fully respect and I'm fully working on myself. So yeah, thank you so much for that. Thank I don't you know if you have anything else to say before. Nah, not, 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 not really, to be fair. I mean, if people ever want to get in touch with me or talk or whatever, um, I think you'll give them my, my socials. And yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I'm a pretty I chill would, person. I'm a very controversial figure, but I'm, I'm pretty chill. I, I honestly think he's great to talk to. He brings the same energy every time I speak to him. I've never heard him sound tired. <laughs> Just to give you some context. <laughs> His energy will go up the minute you text him and voice note in, let's do this. So yeah, whenever you want to reach out, I will post his um well Instagram specifically details online, specifically for bare bananas, because I really do think it's worth supporting guys. Great brand, great designs. I've been I have them on my social media and I've just been watching the movement. Something you should all get on. So I would definitely post those on um like in my in my bio and my YouTube links and so on. Yeah. So look out for those. Love. But thank you again, Maverick, for coming on. And thank you guys for listening up to until this point. I will do. <laughs> yeah, thank you for listening up until this point, guys. And I'll see you on the next episode of Far From Eden.